it was filled with racism and it was definitely anti-immigrant and and at that time in california there was a large anti-immigrant sentiment and so he it built upon that he had no research behind what he was proposing he just it was just his idea that's shelley spiegel coleman she's the head of californians together a coalition devoted to improving the education for english learners in california she's talking about ron Unz the man behind a dark episode in bilingual education that happened in California in 1998. We're talking about the bilingual state of California with millions of Latinos and other immigrants. What happened? Let me give a little background on Ron Unz. He graduated from Harvard with a degree in physics and moved to California in the 1980s where he went into technology and made his millions. He first came to public attention in the 1990s when he ran for governor challenging incumbent Republican Pete Wilson. The press dubbed Ron Unce the Revenge of the Nerds, and Unce claimed he had an IQ of 214. Unce lost his bid for governor but returned to the public spotlight later in the 1990s with an unlikely proposition that would effectively abolish bilingual education in California. Unce claimed that bilingual education was a failure, was holding kids back, and should be replaced with English-only classes. He argued that English-only was the fastest and best way to have immigrant children acquire English. Here's Shelley Spiegel Coleman again. He, what he did is he got enough signatures, he collected enough signatures, he paid signature gatherers to put proposition on the ballot, which in essence almost made it totally illegal to have bilingual programs except in very select situations where a certain finite number of parents had to sign a waiver and they had to do it every year, and, and it was very restrictive. Shelley was part of a group of teachers, parents, and policymakers who came together to fight Ron Unce's proposition. Here's what happened on election night, June 2, 1998. At the election night for Prop 227, we went to a restaurant in East LA. A lot of the volunteers who worked on the campaign came. We had a very large crowd. The room was filled with TV cameras and reporters. I think I can guess where this is going. And um, it was a very, very sad evening for us. And so we were we were kind of birthed out of the struggle over uh, the Proposition 227 in 1998. And... Um, the founders of Californians Together were really the no on 227 committee. The proposition passed 60% to 40%. And on the face of it, it makes sense. If you want kids to learn English, it just seems logical to make them go cold turkey and put them in all English classes. It's plausible also that Latinos and other immigrant children could be held back if the classes they were taking taught in their native languages were too basic for them. But didn't Ron Ons get the facts wrong? Yes, his facts were mistaken, but Unce won the day. We're going to share this story, but first let's welcome everyone to America the Bilingual. A podcast for those who think bilingualism is good for themselves, their families, and their nation. I'm Steve Levine. And I'm Fernando Hernandez. In the wake of Prop 227, educators and scholars tried to figure out how the teaching of kids had been hijacked by a clever businessman with political ambitions. Lucy Tse, a scholar at Cal State Los Angeles, says 227 passed partly because of the erroneous belief that the children of immigrants weren't learning English, 
or weren't learning it fast enough. The facts point otherwise. Plus, there was another factor. Here's a quote from her book. Unfortunately, many immigrant parents operate under the false assumption that speaking a language other than English at home will hamper English language learning and school success, end quote. In fact, she argued, the reverse is true. Another writer who covered Prop 227 extensively was James Crawford. He attended a debate at Harvard where Ron Unce returned to his alma mater to debate with professors including Catherine Snow, a luminary in the field of American education, when she pointed out that not a single expert in language education or psychometrics had endorsed his interpretation of the data, Unce countered, quote, I think academics should look at the reality of the world rather than at theories published in a lot of books, end quote. Crawford concluded that Unce should be awarded a doctorate and demagoguery. So Ron Unz was wrong but persuasive, like his rally cry, English for our children. You got it. And after the successful passage of 227 in California, Ron Unz went on the road and succeeded in getting similar propositions passed in Arizona and then in Massachusetts, right under the noses of the professors at Harvard. Whoa, I wonder what Professor Catherine Snow thought about that. Well, actually, I went to her office to ask her. As I sat on a low sofa typing on my laptop, she sat in a wooden Windsor chair with a Harvard University seal on its back. I asked her what she thought of Ron Unce's work. Um, let me guess, like a demagogue? <laughs> Diabolical is what she said. But she also gave me some perspective. Some bilingual education programs were bad. They cosseted students and unintentionally held them back from the more challenging content they might get in English classes. But these were a small number of programs. Prop 227 threw the baby out with the bathwater. So getting back to the Shelley Spiegel Coleman, how did she and her colleagues in California begin fighting back? Before we return to Shelley, I want to introduce a woman named Julia Brownlee, a mother of two who was on the school board of the Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District in 1998 when Ron Unce got his proposition passed by the voters. Here's what Julia Brownlee remembers. I was obviously very opposed to it. I still hear battles about this at, lo at local school district levels about not wanting to have you know, bilingual education. Um, that that's a detriment to our country, which I adamantly, adamantly oppose and feel just the opposite, that it is really such a huge benefit to our country and embracing our diverse cultures and promoting multiculturalism within our society. It just enriches, enriches us so deeply. But Julia was just a school board member, right? I mean, there can't be a lot of political power there. Well, you're certainly right, my friend, in most cases. Professor Catherine Snow told me the U.S. educational system is, quote, ungovernable because there is no central authority. Policy is all up to the states or even to individual school districts. But the positive of decentralized power is that a single school district is able to innovate. And that's just what happened in California. Okay, now let's go back to Shelley Spiegel-Coleman and hear what happened after their defeat in Prop 227. We were always looking on how to flip 
the narrative on the education of English learners from one of being looking at the students from a deficit perspective and looking at them as not being able to learn and looking at them as causing the test scores to go down. So what we wanted to do is see what could we do to change that narrative or change the hearts and minds of people and their attitudes towards learning languages. And they did find something. There is a district in Southern California called Glendale Unified School District. And since 1992, even prior to 227, they had developed what they called a bilingual competency award. They recognized their high school seniors who were who were bilingual and biliterate in English and in Spanish initially, and then they added Armenian and English, and then today they now recognize students from about 10 or 15 different languages. It was ironic that this innovation happened in Glendale. In the late 40s, early 50s, Glendale was the home of the John Birch Society, which is kind of like the urban Ku Klux Klan. And so for that community to be the community that that developed the, the Bilingual Competency Award, how it captured the imagination of the parents and the community there. As an organization, we said, well, let's see if we can get legislation to create a state seal of biliteracy. We were able to get an author to take the bill initially, and we ran the bill through both houses, and we did get it to the desk, to Arnold Schwarzenegger's desk when he was governor. Schwarzenegger is an immigrant. I'll bet he liked the bill. He vetoed it. No way. I kind of saw it coming. He vetoed the bill saying that we didn't have a strong statewide criteria, that there was too much flexibility at the local levels, and it wouldn't mean something statewide. And what did Shelley do? We went back and we redid the bill, and we had strong state criteria in it. And then we again got it all the way through the legislature, got it to Governor Schwarzenegger's desk. Hopefully they talk some sense into him this time. And he vetoed it again. And in his veto message he said, um, well, if we give you a seal, then the history people want a seal, and maybe the math people want a seal, and, you know, he just wasn't ready to sign it. I can't believe the perseverance of Shelley and her group. We were devastated. We thought we had responded to his first veto message and that he would sign it. When we saw the second veto message and we knew absolutely that it had nothing to do with whether we had a good piece of legislation, it was all about the fact that the governor didn't value nor believe in the learning of multiple languages and, and didn't understand that knowing multiple languages helps students do better in English and, and achieve better uh, and have better graduation rates and better college-going rates and that he just really ignored the research, and, and he ignored the benefits that this would bring to the state. I asked Shelley if she and her team thought about giving up after Schwarzenegger's second veto. No, we weren't daunted because, we, as I said, we were, we were having success going around working with districts, and so we just said, we're going to continue doing this. He is not going to determine whether or not this is going to um, spread throughout the state of California. So, Fernando, do you remember Julia Brownlee of the school board? Yes. Where are we getting at? Well, she was elected president of that board and served for 12 years. Then she ran for the California State Assembly in 2006 and won. Now she was in a position to support the seal of biliteracy bill at the state level. It's a high bar to say that you are proficient in two languages. And so that's important because it, it to me it really embraces diversity and it certainly embraces multiculturalism, both 
in our schools, but even probably more importantly in our society. And so I think for our young people today to succeed in today's global economy, it is uh, very beneficial to be proficient in more than one language. And certainly as a country, I think that we need to promote the importance of speaking a language beyond our own. So in 2011, Schwarzenegger stepped down. Shelley Spiegel-Coleman remembers what happened. And then lo and behold, Jerry Brown got elected, and we ran the bill for the third time, (laughs) and he signed it. Shelley told me that the first two vetoes just forced more school districts to pilot their own programs so that by the time Jerry Brown was presented with the bill, there was widespread support from Democrats and Republicans. When our state finally passed the legislation is when we saw large numbers of students being able to be recognized. It's important to have the state structure because that's that's what sets the value and changes attitudes. I asked Shelley how the SEAL does change attitudes. We're talking about high school seniors, right? Children that all parents watch going through the grades and then they see them graduating. And at graduation, you know, the athletes get recognized, the high academic achievers get recognized, and now at graduation, biliterate students get recognized. And they're recognized by the state. And so I think this creates in local communities a real position of, I mean, a real sense of pride. I mean, I think that changes people's minds and attitudes. Once the seal of biliteracy became law in California, the state became a leader to other states. Six months after we passed ours, New York passed the state seal of biliteracy legislation signed by Governor Cuomo. And then about six months after that, Illinois passed it. And then one by one, I mean, we were getting calls, all kinds of calls, uh, asking for help and advice. So we were very, very surprised by how it spread throughout the nation. We never had that in mind, ever. We never thought that was going to happen. The idea was captivating lots of people. But there's another important character in our story, a man working behind the scenes to help the captivating idea become a reality. He's not a Latino, but rather a Chinese-American. I really believe Americans should be bilingual. I think it's good for the future. I'm Arthur Cho. I'm managing director at sealofbiliteracy.org. I speak Mandarin, Cantonese, Spanish, and German. Back in the 1990s, when 227 was passed, Arthur was personally affected. I worked for a, a bilingual Chinese Bilingual Publishing House in 1996, within a year, when they passed the 227, the company shut down. So it's personal. Other countries begin language training very early, Arthur points out. China has to study a second language at the age of seven. Ireland is passing the beer right now. From the age of three, they will help the kids learn a second language. 
And now we are very, very behind in the United States for this. Today, Arthur volunteers his time to fly around the country, helping other states pass their own seal of biliteracy laws. When I caught up with him, he was in yet another hotel room before heading off to his day's work. I asked him how many states he has visited. <laughs> A lot. Actually, lost count. I was in Missouri last month uh, helping them to do the seal of biliteracy. I work with Iowa. I work with Massachusetts very closely. Actually, they're getting close. Uh, hopefully, they will pass anytime soon. I'm working with Oklahoma right now. I'm working with Arkansas, Tennessee. Uh, next month, I'm going to Tennessee and Kentucky. So quite a few states. <laughs> That's great about the seal spreading across America. But back in California, aren't they still suffering under Prop 227? which more or less outlaws bilingual education. Right, let's get back to that. In November of 2016, the presidential election wasn't the only question on the ballot in California. There was a new proposition, Prop 58, that would repeal 227 and actually encourage dual language and other forms of bilingual education. Well, we know how the presidential election turned out. What about Proposition 58? Shelley and Californians together went back to that same restaurant where, 18 years earlier, they had suffered their defeat. There we were back at the same place, right? And um, we did have Senator Lada, who was the author of the bill, there with us. And we had the president of the LA Unified Board of Education, Steve Zimmer, there with us. Proposition 58 not only passed, but passed by an even wider margin than Proposition 227 had. We were overwhelmed with joy. We really were. We were just overwhelmed with joy. And we passed that with a 73.5% of the electorate voting yes. And it passed in every single county of the state of California. It got more votes than any other proposition on the ballot. So the sentiment about languages and learning multiple languages and having all students have that opportunity was the antithesis of what we had in the previous proposition. It passed in all demographics and it passed in every county. I asked Shelley what she felt like that night. Many of us thought we would never live to see the day. It was an amazing turn of events, an amazing turn of events. We all were very hopeful for the future. We knew that um, the work that we had done in the state, that the state had been honoring students for their bilingualism and their biliteracy contributed to this positive outlook and this positive attitude. And we knew the work that we'd been doing over the last 18 to 20 years really had, had paid off. And there was even more change coming in California, a new roadmap for bilingual education in the state. It's not just for children of immigrants. It advocates for all California students to have the opportunity to become bilingual. We know that every single child is not going to end up being bilingual, but we think every child should be offered the opportunity to become to, have, to be able to develop bilingualism and biliteracy. Fernando, it's heartening to see California become a national leader again, but it's not to say it will be easy for all the other states to follow. Back in 2015, I attended the hearings at the Massachusetts State House when they were considering their own seal of biliteracy. The state representatives heard what I thought was very persuasive testimony from Bill Rivers of the Joint National Committee for Languages, from Maria Luisa Parra of Harvard, and of Nicole Scherf of Salem State. But that was two years ago. And Massachusetts was one of the states that copied the old California 227, right? Right, and they're still wrestling with that. 
the English language learners who come to the educational experience with an incredible resource of their native language that is essentially squandered when they're mainstreamed into the English-only language environment. The seal of biliteracy turns that over and, and sees their native language as a resource that should be awarded and, and nurtured. I'm Nicole Scherf. I'm a professor and a secondary ed coordinator at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts. I asked Nicole what she and her colleagues in Massachusetts are fighting for. I see a future where language proficiency is an asset, where students who come into the school system with a, a native language that isn't in is in English are valued mm-hmm. and uh, and encouraged to continue studying another language and that multilingualism is seen as an asset in business in diplomacy and in in personal enjoyment I was able to talk to a recent high school grad in California who earned the seal of biliteracy on his diploma. My name is Jose Andrade. I am a graduate of Savannah High School in Anaheim, California. Graduated in the year 2012. And uh, I did uh, receive the seal of biliteracy from the school and it was recognized by the state. Jose grew up speaking Spanish at home and didn't start learning English until he began school. I asked him what it felt like to earn the seal. Like I said, like that feeling of being proud of being able to speak Spanish and uh, being able to speak English as well. That skill is like something that you're being recognized for and it feels like it's a really rewarding thing and it's like empowering. Jose told me he and his friends speak informal Spanish, but at school he had to take advanced Spanish literature and be able to discuss these works in Spanish. It's what he needed to round out his speaking abilities and because of it, he aced his AP college entrance exams. I was able to get a five on both of the, on the language exam and uh, the literature exam. So I had fives on both of those exams, so it was pretty awesome. Fernando, remember Julia Brownlee? When we last left her, she was a California state congresswoman. Well, after getting reelected twice and serving 12 years there, she turned out and decided to run for the United States Congress. And how did she do? She won. Congresswoman Julia Brownlee's office. This is Mark speaking. How may I help you? Uh, hey, Mark. It's Steve Levine. I'm calling. Since 2012, she's been a busy congresswoman traveling yes. between California and Washington. I was on hold so, waiting for my interview uh, with her. Congresswoman Brownlee. No problem, sir. Just give me one second. Please hold. Okay. Congresswoman Brownlee has introduced a bill that would provide $50 million over five years to help states and local communities spread the seal of biliteracy nationwide. It is called the Biliteracy Seal and Teaching Act, or BEST Act. Mr. Levine, are you there? Yes. Great. The Congresswoman is on the line, so I'm going to just mute my phone and let you guys go right ahead. How did you feel when the bill was signed by Jerry Brown? I was very happy that it was signed uh, by by Jerry Brown, and I thought it was certainly the right thing for him to do, and I think the program has 
proven to be very successful uh, in the state of California. And certainly my interest now as a member of Congress that this would be a program in every state throughout our nation. I think bilingualism plays an important role in sort of jobs in the economy uh, for our students. Certainly, I sit on the Veteran Affairs Committee uh, back in Washington, and I know that bilingualism plays an important role in our armed services and obviously for our national security. I asked her if she thought the act would help make the SEAL an American standard. That is what my best bill is meant to address, to really provide some resources to help school districts and, and certainly help states to come up with programs that really support bilingual education and proficiency in that bilingual education. We're not stating exactly how to do it, but giving them the the resources to pursue programs um, of their own, but with the same goals and outcomes. Steve, did Congresswoman Brownlee talk about the ongoing debate in Congress surrounding DACA? She did. We have been debating in Congress this issue around our young people, our DACA students. I don't know the exact statistics, but there are many DACA students who are uh, come to school who are Spanish speakers. They would learn proficiency not only in their in their mother language, but learn proficiency in the English language. And these young people who have been brought to their country by their parents and who are contributing great, greatly to our society are, are coming out well-equipped in speaking and being proficient in, in two languages. How does that make you feel to see it spread uh, th- through uh, so many states? Well, it makes me feel very, very good as somebody that's been legislating now for a long time. It is extremely rewarding when you see an idea become law in your own state, but it is extraordinarily rewarding to see it replicated and to have other states recognize that this is a good idea and something that we too want to pursue. I think at the end of the day, the states that have taken this on and the communities that have taken this on and the school districts that have taken this on, I know have been rewarded by it as well. Let's return to young Jose Andrade, who recently earned his seal of bioliteracy. He told me his parents came to his graduation, and he explained to them in Spanish why he was being recognized in the ceremony. The seal of bioliteracy is the seal that they're giving us as a recognition through the exams that we took, showing that we can effectively speak and write in not only English but in Spanish, and it's something that we can show our like, employers when we're looking to get a job. I asked how his mother reacted. Her eyebrows raised, looking down through her glasses. She ran her fingers across the seal, looking at it, just, just like slight, slightly nodding her head. I know she, she was definitely proud. America the Bilingual is part of the Lead with Languages campaign of ACTFUL, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages. This episode was written by me, Steve Levine, our producer, Fernando Hernandez, who also does sound design and mixing, and our associate producer, Becky Rankin. Our brand and editorial director is Mim Harrison. Editorial consultant is Maya Thomas. Graphic arts are created by Carlos Plaza Design Studio. Music in this episode with a Creative Commons attribution license by Kevin McLeod, Francisco Panilla, 
Komiku, Lee Roseberry, and Jorge Mario Zuleta. Visit americathebilingual.com for some inspiring photos and background material relating to this episode, Sealed Con Un Beso. And if you like this podcast, please share with your friends and help us spread enthusiasm for bilingualism across America. Thanks for listening. For America the Bilingual, this is Steve Levine.